0: In Pennsylvania, Patrick Hines. Hines. You have a little bit of a stuffed up nose.
1: Oh, yeah. I've uh, come back from the dead. I've been dead <laughs> from sinus infection for days. Literally, this this is like my big day out. I know. <laughs> I haven't been really out since Saturday.
0: I have been out since 8th grade. <laughs>
1: you know it's great when you set someone up like that and they just knock it out of the park that's a sports reference girl before we get to the
0: show can we talk about Patreon? you guys we just dropped our second full bonus episode there's now two full bonus episodes the second (laughs) one is all about truth or dare and like the reaction in the facebook group has been everything I dreamed of
1: when I was listening to it I loved it you're an editing genius obviously but I misspoke so many times because I was speaking so fast we both were talking so fast. I couldn't believe that we were talking about it. I had so much to I say, I needed to get all of it out. But I was saying things, I was like, those aren't words. Like, what am I talking about? I'm like combining two words. I was having the time it was, of my life. Uh,
0: we. So the thing that makes this episode a little bit different is that Drew Through Dare is a concert movie, so we used Ugh. a ton of music from the movie. It's just so fun. Like, it's super fun. It's super funny. I think it's one of our best episodes.
1: It's great. We're just, we're thrilled. We're you can hear right. how absolutely excited and yeah we are loving every second of so
0: it. you guys in addition to that there's at least seven mini episodes we're doing one of those a week we're doing a full bonus episode a month um go to our website click on the patreon link if you want to join our patreon community of like all this crazy bonus content yeah or you can go to patreon.com slash true crime obsessed and join us there girl what are we talking about today Sour grapes Sour grapes you guys You asked for it I loved this movie I'm one of those people Who like I love a good art heist movie I love a good wine heist movie
1: This is My Kid Could Paint That Only with wine It's true Combined with Queen of Versailles From our Patreon feed (laughs) Guess what I hated Queen of Versailles Hated everyone in this movie You guys buckle up
2: When you leave things unregulated You allow the wolves To come in And game the system Prices are skyrocketing.
3: What if I told you that you could turn your love of wine into an investment return?
4: Today there is no relation between the prices and what is in the bottle.
5: 20 grand for the bottle, and you want this. Boom, a 101.9.
6: We're talking about wine here. The auction scene really started in the 90s. The economy was booming back then. <laughs>
7: Started being aware of this kind of guinea geeky young guy that liked wine.
6: He had this mysterious background. He was like the
8: Gen X great Gatsby.
3: No one had ever spent that much money that fast. It was ruining the quiet little club that the old guys
1: had.
2: Can you please state your name for the record? Rudy Cornell one
1: market is down. Down traders are standing there watching in amazement,
3: I don't
2: blame them. Everything with this fellow just kept coming up fake.
3: Fake
4: wine.
2: In the catalog, it was already wrong and fake. When you find a fake wine, it's a dirt. The more we
5: learned, the larger the epidemic became. FBI agents came here. There's something serious going on. I did not be- I could not believe. I couldn't believe it. Some of the biggest
2: CEOs of corporate America were duped by this guy. No way. Who created him? Hardly anybody could have done it. That can't
8: be Rudy.
0: Can I refill and put the cork back? All right, can you start? I love it when you start us off because I never quite know where to begin.
1: Okay, well, you want to know the first line of my notes? Yeah. What the fuck is this? (laughs) Lots of rich people drinking wine and getting hammered. The opening credits is just like this. We're at like an auction house. Yeah. And people are drinking wine. And they're so obnoxious. It's like, I thought that wine was a little forward. Like, <laughs> what, grab your ass? Like, what are you talking
7: about? I can taste the Chardonnay in the palate. I thought it was a little forward. I've got an elderflower perfumed, juicy bright
0: and leafy. So I guess we should tell the listeners that I used uh, to work in a super fancy steakhouse. Oh yeah. So I lived in this world of like wine terminology forever.
1: What does she mean by saying it's a little forward?
0: Um. Oh God, it's been a minute but forward means that it like it's... Um, it's bullshit. She...
1: <laughs> The answer, that, you just answered it for me. The answer is that she's trying to sound like she knows what the fuck she's talking about. You know what I kept thinking of this whole time? That episode of Parks and Rec where Leslie Nope is ordering wine. And she's like, I'll have your cheapest glass of white wine because I can't tell the difference. Put me in that world. Put me back in Pawnee, Indiana with Leslie Nope and Andy Dwyer. Just hanging out. I don't need any of this bullshit.
0: So it's funny. We meet this guy whose name I'll never be able to pronounce, but I just call him like fancy wine guy. He's French. He's from Burgundy. Wine is alive.
4: It's not a beverage. It's not a tool. It's not a table or a plate or a car. It's alive.
1: It, Laurent Ponce, Ponceau. Whatever. It's spelled Laurent Ponceau. <laughs> <laughs> My Queens is showing. Oh, it's Lauren Ponsot. <laughs> I saw Lauren Ponsot down at the diner, and he was telling me about this new Burgundy that just came in.
4: I am Laurent Ponsot, winemaker, vigneron
0: in Burgundy. So anyway, I call him Fancy Wine Guy.
1: Yeah, he, that's exactly, he is from Burgundy, France. Right. He's an actual Fancy Wine Guy, that's his job. He,
0: so you guys, we grow to love this man, but how much did we hate him right from the beginning because he said things like this?
4: As soon as I started to breathe, I had the smell of wine. <laughs> And I can say I have some blood in, in my wine, not some wine in my blood.
1: It, it was a, oh, this bitch moment. <laughs> I was like, uh, And then I felt bad about it because there are plenty of people to hate. I know. But poor Lauren is not one of them.
5: Lot 982. Roman 8 tea, 72. Two bottles. Wow. 9,000 Now we
0: learn about the, quote, auction scene. You guys. <laughs> Through this guy, Jay McInerney, McInerney,
1: Jay Jay McIrish, <laughs> Jay McPass make pass the whiskey. Fuck the <laughs> wine. <laughs> Can you tell I haven't been out of the house in a week? I'm so excited to be here. Are we allowed to say that? I'm half Irish. It's fine. I'm half Irish and half Italian. I'm the authority on both things.
6: I guess the auction scene really started in the '90s, in the dot-com. Thing. Everybody was making money. They developed this culture of very wealthy collectors uh, gathering at these auctions to see and be seen, uh, to be seen bidding. Uh, The prices started to really escalate. So he
1: gets these emails and he's like, I don't know where these emails are coming from. And I'm like, girl, look in this, look in the sender.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I started to get these emails. It was strange. I couldn't really figure out where they were coming from. They described these evenings where these guys, very wealthy collectors, were drinking like 1945 Romani Conti and 1955 Petrus, you know, really, really expensive wine. I eventually learned that these emails were coming from John Capon, the head of the auction house, Acker Merrill Condit.
1: What John Capon introduces our journalist friend to, and now us, is the Angry Men. <laughs> <laughs> flames on the side of my face. (laughs) Heaving, heaving breaths. That's Clue reference, you guys.
5: Where the Angry Men name came from is you get invited to a wine dinner and you bring a really nice, a great bottle of wine, okay? And everybody else brings shit wine. Bad wine. And so you get very angry. And (laughs) It was men who didn't want to be angry anymore and everybody had to bring it you know you had to really bring it
1: and they would be the only people bringing fancy wine and then they'd have to deal with the shit wine and they would be so angry about it that they had to start their own stupid club and they would all bring super expensive unnecessarily expensive bottles of wine and drink and eat their faces off so one of the angry men now we're in Los Angeles his nickname (laughs) is Hollywood Jeff Jeff with an F with one F F. he looks like Steve Manon
5: yes we missed the tequila party last night but you know I think it was worth it. It was worth it, yeah. I drank a lot of that
6: 1907 Madeira last night.
0: What we're I mean, seeing we is these two guys in the back down. of a of a car, like an SUV, drinking wine. They are using the most ridiculous adjectives to describe this wine.
5: For example,
9: yeah, I mean it was it was
5: coconut, it was nutmeg, espresso. Yeah, it was it was really Excited, layered, wasn't it?
1: Watching these documentaries always makes me. I could feel myself getting so riled. Yeah. I, I don't under. It turns me into such a narc in a way. <laughs> Because I'm like, there are 800 laws against this. They're not just drinking wine sneakily in a water bottle like normal people. What they're doing is, when you you have wine on the go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We call it a roadie. Right, you do what you have to you do. You take a roadie,
0: right.
10: What they're
1: doing yeah. is sitting there with these gigantic, whatever you drink, you would know, those big red the glasses that you drink red wine out of so that you can like swirl it. Oh, it's wine. a
10: burgundy glass. It's right. literally
1: a burgundy a, glass. A, great. Yeah. It's a burgundy glass. Great. It's a, <laughs> great. It's a little forward. <laughs> <laughs> they're drinking. You guys. They are in a car. Yeah. In a car. Yes. With an open bottle of wine. With these drink and burgundy glasses. Back me up on this. They're huge. They're like bowls. They're they're used, They're drinking out of that in a car. I know.
0: I know. And then and, and what? Oh, and then all of a sudden, there's recommendations about the vintage of, of champagne to buy.
6: 96, though, is the vintage to buy for anyone out there. Buy 96 champagne all day. If you can't afford that, bio two. If you can't afford that, drink fucking beer
0: all day.
1: <laughs> I can't. So these. So yeah, it's it's Hollywood. I can't. I'm not calling. I'm Steve Bannon. So <laughs> <laughs> the poor man, Steve Bannon. Which yikes. <laughs> this this total like like don junior look alike douchebag totally, totally i don't catch his name i don't care it doesn't matter they're drinking in a car you guys i know it makes me sound, sound like such a narc and such a mom which you guys know i'm not clearly Open containers in a car, like nobody gives a I shit. Know. They're just drinking, swirling the burgundy. <laughs> I'm like, even if that's a lift or a, a car service, I know you it's still illegal. I know that. No, this guy's a cause... water bottle or, or a spiked Gatorade, it's like everybody else. I can't. God. I don't have time to explain this. Jesus.
0: So these two guys are. Hammered. It's the middle of the
1: morning. I enjoy a cocktail before cocktail hour from time to time. <laughs> that's not my issue here. My issue is that he perpetuates this bullshit.
6: I think the eighty-eight has so much acidity; uh-huh. it's, it can be incredible. But it's more hit or miss vintage. Than the eighty-eight
5: that. has a huge amount of acidity. No, that's absolutely right.
0: The, my last note on this section just says, "Can these assholes get
5: swindled yet?" <laughs>
1: We're you guys, we're 4 minutes in. 4 minutes into the documentary, 8 hours into the recording. I am so here for it. Je- can we I'm not calling him Hollywood Jeff. I'm calling him Jeff with one F. Okay, totally. Okay. Totally. He's the one who introduces us to our our like, I guess like the villain, the evilest of all the evils yeah, here. Yeah, the protagonist. Whatever. Rudy Kurniawan. Yep. Henceforth known as Rudy. Totally.
5: My entry into Burgundy was Rudy Kurniawan. There was an angry man that Rudy had invited me to. And that's where I met that whole gang.
0: So we meet Maureen Downey. She's literally a wine consultant, and I actually kind of love her. She explains later that like she is a woman. She's like a, a powerful woman in the wine world. Right. As dumb as the wine world is, like she's a woman in a man's in a man's
1: club. What Maureen Downey explains is this concept of "fuck you" money, <sighs> which
7: what these guys actually had. It's what Americans call "fuck you" money. Well, I got a three million dollar bonus. I'm going to take a million of that and blow it. And that's their fuck you money. They're going to do whatever they want with it. They don't care. There's no consequences. And it's a it's a ki- kind of money that most human beings never experience. She's the one who
0: is telling us more about Rudy. And when she first saw him, he was buying this like particular kind of Merlot.
7: At the time, he was somebody that was bidding on Paul Meyer Merlot. Paul Meyer Merlot sticks out in my mind with Rudy. You know, high quality wine, but... You know, it's got one zero, not four zeros.
1: Well, I love that her wine snob shows, because she's like, here's this geeky kid drinking California Merlot. And I'm like, I saw Sideways. I know that Merlot is garbage. Come on. If Paul Giamatti has taught me one thing in this life, it's that we don't drink any fucking Merlot. And
5: If they want to drink Merlot, we're drinking Merlot. No, if anybody orders Merlot, I'm leaving. I am not
1: drinking any fucking Merlot. All right. So now we, we dive into Rudy from footage from 2002. Yeah. And basically, it's everyone else in the documentary saying that he had like an insane knowledge of wine.
5: Part of what created his mythology was he had an extraordinary, who has an extraordinary palate, um, the best palate of anyone I've ever met in my entire life.
1: And then we meet another quote: movie producer right. uh, Arthur, who produced Rush Hour. Rush Hour. Good I, way to
5: go. You great you, job. You achieved
1: whatever. <laughs> my favorite I hate all of them my favorite quote so far 10 minutes into the movie is Arthur being like people in LA are full of shit but not Rudy
8: people in this town excuse my language are full of shit but not with Rudy just wakes me up yeah. nothing he did was short of real class warmth and graciousness.
1: You know what's also weird, too? Everyone in this movie so far, Jeff with eight Fs yeah. and uh, <laughs> Arthur Rush Hour, they all keep talking about Rudy in the past tense yeah. and then correcting themselves. Totally.
8: He just was a lover of wine. He's a lover of wine. Uh, I keep talking in the past because it's just still very strange.
0: But that's actually kind of cool because I hadn't seen the movie before so you don't know if he's dead. Did right. he kill himself? Did he run away? Like who knew? Well, you don't know what happened to him. Yeah. So now we meet re- reporter Corey Brown. I really thought this was going to go to another place. I thought she was going to be the one to crack the case. I
1: thought we were going to see a lot of Corey. We me too. Don't we don't do. see her. We don't
0: but she's the first one to really point out how weird this is that's what's happening.
3: It took months to get him to sit down and have a cup of coffee with me. It was like another month or two before I got him to sit down and actually have an interview with me.
1: So this is what people claim Rudy's family did. Yeah. So Rudy seemingly, I mean, he's at these auctions, he's buying all this wine, seemingly has this endless flow of money. Where is it coming from?
3: Right. He lived with his mother in Arcadia and... uh, The people around him would say that his family owned the Heineken distributorship for all of China, fabulously wealthy, and he was on a million dollar a month allowance for his wine. And when I asked Rudy about this stuff, he said, I don't talk about my family and he wouldn't tell me anything.
1: This is where it's like, wait, wait, wait. It's like a really explosion where you're like, wait, really? And then he was on a $1 million a month allowance just for his wine.
0: I mean, the thing about it, like, Girl, the world in we two- should be so lucky. I know, but the world in 2008, like I feel before the big crash. It was literally minutes before. It was 30 seconds before it was, the world. But I felt feel like shit. people believed that this was the way that some people lived. You know?
8: When we drink wine, we don't look at the price value. You know, we 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 look at what we get from the wine, the excitement, you know, the, the passion, the way they make the wine, and everything. It's it's not about the the price of the wine.
1: Our girl Maureen tells us
3: that like here's what Rudy did. He was cornering the market in a lot of these wines. What a clever thing to do! If you have a lot of money, go in, buy up a lot of wine, drive up the prices. And then starts selling at the new high price.
1: Now we meet Bill (laughs) Koch. When do you have to pick up Daisy? I can do this all day.
0: Just quickly tell the people who he is.
1: Okay, so Bill Koch is the brother of... The Koch brothers, yeah, 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 yeah who yeah. are the activists Charles and David? They're not activists; they're fucking nightmares. Yeah, so they are horrible people. And Mike is a political junkie like you. Yeah, uh, and now everyone is right, right. Guys, <laughs> right? Let's get on it. Thank
0: you for not listening to Positive America and listening to our podcast. Yeah,
1: um, I was like, I need like a couple sentences about how garbage the Koch brothers right. are because I was like, I can't articulate it. So here's what Mike. I was like, text me because I need it Mike wrote this for you. Super hot husband Mike said the this. Koch brothers are massive Republican donors who basically. By policymakers like we buy light bulbs. They're on the wrong side of every issue you can imagine: social issues, climate change, certainly campaign finance. You name it.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go on record. I think that they supported gay marriage, but I'll have to fact check. It probably finances
1: their guns or whatever. It doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, it, they're all they're all they're all awful. But this guy Bill. He's kind of a character.
1: I'm I'm glad he's not one of, like, the two Koch brothers. Totally, yeah. Because that sort of softens the blow a little bit. Because right. if you didn't do your research or know who he was, you'd be like, look at this guy.
9: I know. <laughs> look at him. You want to see my wine bathroom? All right.
1: So he has a wine bathroom. Bill,
9: give us a tour. A bathroom is generally a bathroom, but I thought it'd be more fun to make it interesting. So we put wine crates here, wine labels, corks on the ceiling. And then if you look over there, there are wine bottles on that wall.
1: I thought it would be fun. (laughs) I have a normal bathroom, but you can have a wine bathroom. He also has four bottles of Thomas Jefferson's wine from like 1787.
0: This shit is real. Thomas Jefferson has signed the bottle.
9: Here's one bottle of Jefferson wine, 1787 Lafitte, THJ. The reason I wanted to buy four bottles of Thomas Jefferson wine is very simple. The mere fact that Thomas Jefferson owned it and held it in his hand, et cetera, et cetera. That's part of history. He is
0: literally holding in his hand something that Thomas Jefferson held in his hand. That's I, I can't even imagine what that. Would I be
1: make like. a Hamilton podcast. I hear you. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson was also garbage, I know. <laughs> but it's still like at that time. Wait,
0: can we just explain really quickly that Thomas Jefferson was a full-on slave owner and had sure. like a mistress named Sally Hemings? She was not
1: a mistress. She was a victim.
0: She was a slave and was his like he.
1: Uh, she was abused by him for yeah. many many years. He's a nightmare, but he also did annoyingly great things mm-hmm. it's a fucking bummer you guys yeah. all
0: i'm saying is that i understand the want to like hold history it's piece in your of hands history, yeah. absolutely that's insane that he has that
1: so now they sort of sprinkle in maureen again um so she sort of explain i like how they sort of sprinkle her in yeah. because she's explaining how you
7: can tell fake wines you're looking for anomalies is it in the right glass? Does the cork have the right stamp? Is the cork properly aged? Is the paper correct? If these things have allegedly been together for the last 60 years, they need to look like it. If the capsule looks like hell, and the label looks pristine, that doesn't work. You know, that's got a 95-year-old's face on a teenager's body. This
0: is so interesting. This is why you get Facebook group, I get it if you were bored by this documentary, but this is why I kinda love it. Because it's it's very Inspector Gadgety how she figures it out.
1: But it all seems so obvious to me. Am I yeah, crazy? Yeah. Like, no, I get it. Where she's like, the cork has to be aged the same as the label and the bottle has to be heavy and I'm like, no shit. But you would think I don't know, I don't have fuck you money. But uh, you would think if you're spending tens of thousands of dollars on something, you'd be looking at every piece to make sure See, that See, I it's... think
0: it's the opposite. When it's literally your fuck then you money, yeah. you just don't give yeah, a yeah. shit. Yeah,
1: yeah, No, that's right.
0: Okay, we need to talk about John Capon for a second. If you remember, he's the guy with the wine store. So what they, they say is that his little wine store decides to get into the auction business.
3: Acromero wasn't a big house. They were a store that got into the auction world, and then Rudy really made them.
0: Within three years, they become the number one wine auctioneer in America. They sell more wine than anybody else, and it's basically all of it is Rudy's collection.
1: Once again, Rudy is shaking up this scene.
5: John really turned it into a fun thing. He was the first one to, like, break it out. It was like a giant crazy party with an auction. At the same time he was doing that, Rudy came along with this incredible seller and they kind of helped each other
1: you know what I just got it stuck in my head what oh look at all the lonely people <laughs> they're just lonely bored, fucking rich people it's true um, speaking of rich, bored people, Bill Coke uh, yeah. has an investigator specifically to make sure that his wine is on the up and up. You know why? Because he <laughs> just doesn't like being swindled. It's like you're related to the Coke Brothers. I know. So Bill is,
0: has learned that he has what he calls an epidemic. It's a little close to home based on our recent episode. But he has an epidemic girl, of Bill. fake wine. Bill, tell us how much you have.
9: I have over 400 bottles that are proven fake for which I paid $4 million.
0: His investigator, Brad Goldstein, he calls this guy a bulldog. I actually love this guy.
2: I love him and his dog. (laughs) I was thinking, I wrote it in my notes. Sorry, guys. Percy, you're looking for food. I got nothing for you. Percy, get out of here. Come on. Bill kept saying to me,
9: I want to know how deep this problem is in my cellar. We had to find experts that knew about corks. We hired a guy who knew about labels, capsules, glass, and even looked at the glue.
1: But we're going to be with Brad for the rest of the movie.
0: I love Brad. I
1: love Brad. Like, I'm so glad you love Brad. Oh, I love Brad. Okay.
0: Again, Mr. Koch literally hires Brad. Brad hires a team of CIA officers to get to the bottom of this wine mystery.
1: Fuck you, money. <laughs>
0: So now we're in Burgundy with fancy wine guy, the one who was talking about how like the wine for blood or blood for wine. Like he kind of was mixing his metaphors. More but...
1: in Ponsot. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. So we're in Burgundy, and he he tells us how he picked up this auction catalog from 2008.
1: Mm-hmm. So basically everything in this catalog is fake. Right. He's going page by page. He's like that label's bullshit. This is fake. <laughs> Only it sounds super fancy. because yeah. He's French, but he's like that. Nope.
4: And when you see. The pictures here, there is a 1929 Claude Laroche. Ponceau started estate bottling in 1934. So first of all, in the catalog, it was already wrong and fake. Everything here also is fake. This wax we never used. We never sold any wine to Nicola, we never had this vintage printed uh, outside the label here.
1: You guys, his, just real quick, his winery and vineyard, whatever, is so fancy. It goes back so many years.
0: Generations, like to the 1800s.
1: Right. This truly is his livelihood. He's not some rich guy who just is doing this for fun. This is his life's work and his family's work. But it's so good and so fancy that this is like the main wine that they are trying to trick people into buying.
0: Right. So they're
1: faking his wine because it's that good.
0: And selling it with his labels. And he's like, this is where he's like, I'm getting to the bottom of this. He's like. Yeah. (laughs) Just
1: imagine this, but French.
0: When you
4: find a fake wine, it's a dirt on the integrity of Burgundy, and I wanted to wash it. So two days later, I jumped into
0: a plane and
4: I flew to New York.
0: A week later, there's this, like, fancy wine auction. So, like, they are, and of course there's, like, video. I don't think it's video of this actual auction. I don't think it is Because they talk about how insane this actually becomes. But, like, you see video of Capon at the auctioneer stand, and you hear about how, like, it gets so crazy in there that he's telling people to shut up. This
6: particular auction was just a wild affair. We were all really, really buzzed on really expensive wine. Then,
0: break, get that hero bell This year, I
1: was going to say, this <laughs> hero bell, our French friend is like Larry Kramer. She's turning this car around. Yes, I totally have it in my notes. Oh, shit, dad's here.
6: I happened to recognize a guy who came in and sat in the back of the room, and, and he was not part of the merriment. You know, it was sort of like Banquo's ghost.
1: One is, like, drunk and partying yeah. at an auction, you guys. Uh, and he's just, like, lurking in the background. Hero, this is terrible. So Larry Kramer, you know, because you know Larry Kramer was also at the boil, just ready to scream plague and just bring the whole thing down.
5: Suddenly, Ponzo stood up, and there was silence. He said, withdraw my wines, and, John, and everything John, like, was at the podium. It was a bizarre moment.
1: Our French friend is like, withdraw my (laughs) wines! And it is so Larry Kramer. It is a hero bell. It is amazing. And really, the record scratch, the party is fucking over.
10: Capon
6: announced the entire 30 on lots were being withdrawn.
1: But of course, our French friend is so like nice about it. Oh my God. She really just wants the right thing to happen. So our <laughs> French friend like approaches John and is like, Monsieur. Yeah. And John is like, no, 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 Rudy. You want to talk to Rudy? You want to talk to Rudy? So they do the Frenchest thing ever and they go to Jean-Georges.
4: <laughs> the next day, I met uh, Rudy Cunha and went for the first time. We go to Jean-Georges.
1: Have you ever been there?
0: Jean-Georges, yeah. yeah me too. Yeah, it's really, really
1: good. Oh, Hero Bells maybe?
4: Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea of uh, what would happen. He was just the owner of the wine. That's it.
1: My favorite part (laughs) about this is that as he's telling the story, so they have him as if he's like sitting at the same table as he was with Rudy and he's eating a croissant.
0: (laughs) It is so French. The thing, too, about this guy is that he wants to give Rudy every benefit of the doubt.
4: My two options was he didn't know or he knew and he wanted to sell it. And this is not nice.
1: And if he knew they were fake and he sold them, that is not nice.
4: <laughs> exactly. Like Frenchy. After hello and so on, I said, oh, Look, now, you have to tell me where the wines are coming from. You bought these wines, you, you should know. Oh, you know, we buy so many wines, I buy so many wines, said uh, Rudy.
0: Uh, that I don't
4: know uh, where they come from. I have to check.
0: At the end of this dinner, Rudy's like, I don't know where this wine comes from, but I'm, I'll get to the bottom of it and I'll let you know.
1: Right. So our French friend realizes, all right, Rudy's become a really good bullshitter. So what he's going to try to do is become friends with him. Yeah. Or fake friends with him and try to act like he's on his side and maybe he'll spill the beans.
4: I had the idea that Rudy... He was doing a lot of dinners and parties, trying to have uh, every client as a friend, so I said to myself i 'm going to do the same with him. Let him think I will become his best friend, and then he will maybe talk
0: so now we 're back to the investigator who works for the Koch brother. OK,
1: you know what, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're great. I think your dog's great. <laughs> I'm here for all of it here.
2: I'm yes. <laughs> we had assembled a team of international talent
1: international talent. <laughs> Again, the good kind of rich, you know the bad kind of rich, international talent means some super illegal, probably not consensual shit is happening. Right.
2: So, Brad, can you tell us what you found out? We had received some information about his immigration status. This is the 2003 U.S. Department of Justice removal proceedings for Rudy. He was living in the United States with a warrant out for his arrest one of the letters to Homeland Security had the name of the business that Rudy and his brothers used to obtain visas to the United States. It's a series of small shops in Jakarta. One is a like a hardware store.
0: So building on this whole, like, international sort of thing, our fancy French burgundy guy has been corresponding with Rudy via email to get more. He's, like, not letting it go. He's like, you got to tell me where the wine comes from. Mm -hmm. And Rudy sends him an email about about a guy in Jakarta named Pak Hendra.
1: Right. So Rudy is admitting that, yeah, these bottles are fake. But Rudy had nothing to do with it. So he's just trying to pass the buck on where he got the bottles. So...
0: Fancy burgundy guy goes to L.A. to like see Rudy again face to face and try to get more information. Again, very quickly, I ask
4: him. Now, Rudy, face to face, eyes into eyes, tell me the truth. Who is this Mr. Pakendra? And he took his cell phone and he wrote two numbers. In Jakarta. So I was happy. Then we had a nice dinner.
1: So the French guy, because he's a little bit of a beautiful tropical fish, yeah. like thinks that just because he has these numbers, they're totally legit. Let's have the dinner. I'll pay for this dinner. Like, he gets the numbers right at the beginning. Totally. And then pays for the entire rest of the night. And like talks about what a great time they had. You beautiful tropical fish. So the next morning... He tries the phone numbers, neither of the numbers work. Right. But so because the phone numbers don't work, most people would be like, mm, I don't know, I guess I'll Google it. No, no, no. Our <laughs> French friend gets on a goddamn plane. I know. And goes to goddamn Jakarta.
4: I go very often to Asia and I know very well Asian people. And I have to tell you that the wealthy people from Jakarta are coming to Singapore and Taipei to have fun. So I knew a lot of these people from Jakarta. And I would ask, do you know if Mr. Pakendra.
1: And his whole thing is like people aren't being nice, <laughs> and they're not being honest. Like I must put a stop to this. He's the French colombo I'm here totally. for it.
4: Finally, I found out that Pak means Mister, and Hendra is like Smith. So this is the most used name in, in Indonesia. <laughs> so I would ask, do you know a very rich family uh, importing beer that uh, would have a son in uh, California that would love wine? Nobody knew about a family like that. So who is Rudy?
1: So at the same time, because Brad Goldstein, our investigator with the pup is also on it. Cause he's got the entire CIA working on this. <laughs> he's like, we get wind that Rudy met with this French guy. Yeah. And he runs the numbers too. The numbers, <laughs> Don't fuck with billionaires. You guys, I'm telling you I all know. the time and money in the world and they're <laughs> fucking bored.
2: The first number came back to an airline, Lion Air, the largest airline of in Indonesia not a, a big wine collector, <laughs> And the second number came back to a strip mall, Gala Maja. Everything with this fellow just kept coming up fake.
1: So then we meet another hero.
2: Hero. James
1: Wynn, FBI agent.
8: Yes. My name is James Wynn. I was an FBI agent for 30 years, 26 of which were spent investigating cases involving the theft of art or art fraud.
1: 20 to 30 years in art fraud? I
8: love it. It's so fascinating. Girl, where
1: were you in my kid could paint that? <laughs> you were missed. <laughs> and he was like, oh, how did I prepare for this case?
8: Well, I read the idiot's book on French wine.
1: I literally read The Idiot's Guide to Red Wine. I know. <laughs> Hero. Because these are all idiots. Yeah, I know. It's really not that fucking hard. He's,
0: the thing that Wynn tells us, he goes through all of uh, Rudy's finances
1: and he emails. Get, and if emails. You thought I didn't type them out?
0: I know. It'd be wrong. <laughs> so we learned that Rudy is totally broke. He's doing that like whole Ponzi scheme thing where he's like borrowing money from somebody to pay somebody else.
8: What emerged for me was how desperate Rudy was for money. He's putting people off, putting people off. He has a deadline. He's supposed to pay someone. And he's procrastinating because he doesn't have the money.
1: And he's also like a, like a twerpy little kid. Right. Because one of the emails that they show, and they don't say it, but you guys, I typed it out. Don't worry about it. It says, hey, Dave. This is from Rudy. Hey, Dave. I am just really in need of $3 million to pay bills immediately. I'm in really deep shit. Can you help me while we wait on others? Also, you guys, typos. I can't even get into it. Please advise ASAP at your convenience. Thanks, THX Rudy. P.S. Please, P.L.S. Don't get pissed at me. Dot, 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 sad face. <laughs> Cue Eleanor Rigby, look at all the lonely people. It's just I mean, please don't be pissed at me. I know. This is someone who changed the wine auction game. He's this little kid. And it's also with like no this money. Guy that
0: like these idiots who say how much they're always talking about how much they love him, know nothing about him. They think that he's on a million dollar a month allowance from his family.
7: Wow,
1: that one I felt that. Did you feel the pressure on that one? That was a That real... was like a Richter scale. Mm.
0: Basically, like the Coke guy, you know, the rich guy, his lawyers are coming for Rudy and they depose him. So this is like we see we actually get to see this deposition.
9: Mr. Kurniawan, who inspected
8: these bottles? Well, we basically have um, we basically drank a lot of these bottles with a lot of different people, including uh, critics,
5: experts, auction houses and
0: whatnot. And I'm assuming he's there voluntarily, but like the investigator guy with the dog that you love Brad. has this whole hilarious thing where he's like, they go through this deposition, we see video of it, and at the end of it, he's like, he didn't tell us anything.
2: He wasn't defensive. He was guarded, but, you know, friendly. He was, he's a hail fellow, well-met kind of fellow. Never definitive, nothing concrete. You know what? That guy told me nothing.
1: Everything is starting to unravel now. So because he's being deposed, this is now 2011. He's being deposed. Everything is sort of falling apart. And John Capon isn't publicly selling his wine. Everyone in the scene is starting to know there's an issue. But he's trying to find other ways to sell Christie's (laughs) Christie's right. <laughs> took a huge auction, and yeah. so did Spectrum, which I. Am I just, Apparently, is like, an auction. Am I a house. peasant? I had never heard of I it. Yeah. Heard of it. Yeah. Am I a peasant? Probably. <laughs> so, this guy, Don Cornwell, who we met earlier in the documentary, yeah. who was like, like just a wine nerd. Yeah. Like, such a wine nerd. Bless her. He's the kind heart. of guy
0: that, like, give him like, a computer in a dark room and he'd solve the Zodiac case. He's just like one of those computer nerds.
1: And guess what? Yeah. This is kind of what he did.
5: You know, the auction houses had gone from having high reputations
6: to having apparently sold tens of millions of dollars worth of counterfeit wines spectrum wouldn't withdraw them and they wouldn't disclose it was from rudy at that point i went and published a warning boy did this go viral
1: so he's like, I'll handle this. So he goes on to a message board called—I don't know if you caught this—Wine Berserkers. I
0: did, and it immediately made me think of Vanguard News. I was just like, uh, you know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> it's just like another message board, but right. this one but really takes just, off,
1: and they just want to talk about wine. So Euros. like, I'm yeah. not—it's not garbage belt for them; it's totally. like garbage yeah. for the Nazis. So he <laughs> writes this whole thing, like explaining what's happened. Yeah. Everyone's being duped, millions of dollars, blah blah blah. And he's like, boy, did this go viral. <laughs> And I'm like, done. Good for you, girl. Yeah,
0: exactly. So in in March of 2012, they go see Hollywood Jeff with 10 Fs. I, I can't. And they the FBI had questioned Jeff before, but Jeff feels like this questioning was different.
5: And after they left, I I went to the phone and I called him as a friend. I thought I should warn him. I remember his very words. I said, "The FBI was just here, Rudy, and I think they're really seriously. I can tell." The last time they came, they were just asking, this time, there's there's something serious going on, and I just want to let you know. And he said, don't worry, dude, I have everything under control. Those were his very words. Don't worry, dude, I have
0: everything under control. Cut to our our friend, Wynn. Detective Wynn with the FBI. Who is talking about now they're like going to Rudy's house. They go to the front door. They knock and announce, as they say. Knock and announce, knock and announce. There was
8: no answer. The team leader said, get the Ram. And I thought, oh no, this is going to be a long day.
0: They're about to battering Ram down the door. And then Rudy opens the door and they're like, he looked like he'd been sleeping all day.
1: Super disheveled. Wine was everywhere. everywhere.
8: When you walked in the house... The first thing you saw was wine everywhere in the living room and a huge wine refrigerator.
1: Then he
0: said, I
8: was stunned. I mean, I could have been knocked over with a feather when I saw what was in the kitchen.
0: And it's crazy. Right. And they, they're, he's, he's talking about it, but they're showing pictures of it at the same right. time. And it's literally like you look in the sink and like he's soaking the labels off of wine bottles. He has this like super fancy corker machine. He, has, he says he had labels bundled like American currency. It
8: was everything you'd ever need to make fake wine. As an FBI agent, if I had listed the ten things that I would have liked to have obtained from a search, this was ten times ten times ten times ten times ten.
1: He's literally like, this is the this is perfect. Like yeah. we have this guy. Nailed. We nailed him. Yeah. We nailed him. This is a gold mine. It's anything you'd ever need in your life to make fake wine. Exactly. And of course, cut to Steve Bannon and all these assholes being <laughs> like, it just doesn't seem like Rudy.
5: He was the last he is the last person I would ever suspect of being able to do any kind of intensive arts and crafts he is add he doesn't have the attention span it's a time-consuming laborious thing to do and he could he could never do that i just could not see him doing it and i still don't see him doing it i still don't believe he did it
0: So, like, whatever. They start to do this thing where they're like, okay, this guy's a fraud. Where's the money coming from? We're going to go through this real fast. We find out that his parents are from Indonesia, and we know that his mother's brothers pulled off, like, the biggest bank heist in Indonesian history.
1: Yeah. And then it's like $780 million. One-tenth of it was recovered. They've never been, like, one of them broke out of jail. It's like, that's where the fucking money's coming
0: from. It's a family of scammers, and then it cuts to New York City where he's in jail, Listen. He's got a couple characters for defense lawyers. All right.
2: Here's a, a, a wine over here. Something that people have tasted that they're saying is the best ever. Well, if you can make something taste like that, why not recreate that experience? And I think that uh, uh, I think that's what happened. They tried to uh, make
6: that sound like it was alchemy, you know, like he was m- mixing and matching and, and contriving but that's not what I think it was at all. Um, I think Rudy just really digs wine.
0: We didn't talk about this, but the French burgundy guy comes to testify in the trial, and the best part of him coming to testify is when he says this.
4: At a certain point of uh, my testimony, our eyes, for once, get in touch, and he smiled to me, and he, he, ma- he made me a little sign uh, with his head and, and smiled to me. I found it... Uh, uh, Bizarre, But but in the meantime, nice.
0: Whatever. It ends with Rudy in in court. He gets sentenced to 10 years in jail. And um, outside the courthouse, one of his lawyers is saying to Maureen, remember our friend Maureen? Yeah. Is saying to Maureen that he has literally done cases with organized crime where there have been dead bodies and they've gotten less time.
1: Bragging. He's like, he says dead bodies. He's like, Maureen, dead bodies, dead bodies, dead bodies, Maureen.
8: (laughs) I've had organized crime cases with dead bodies for less time.
6: That's the truth.
7: Dead
1: bodies
8: less time.
7: (laughs) Maureen does say to some press. But he didn't profit from the crime as much as other people did. And the people who profited the most from his crime are living large and drinking great wine and they're not in jail and they.
1: Which is kind of true She's like look Many people benefited From what he did Yeah And they're all still Super rich and bored And annoying and obnoxious. Totally. But he's the one Who has 10 years in prison So like It is wine It is stupid But what he did Was super premeditated yeah. Like he brought He is just like I don't know He's a dick At the end of the day And you're all dumb all, Rich garbage. idiots Like I don't care I don't care <laughs> God <laughs>
0: we got through it that was amazing
1: I mean I still have a lot to say I I know me
0: too me too I I have more to say too can
1: I say that my favorite part is at the end Brad Goldstein and his dog are playing fetch and Brad Goldstein our our investigator is drinking beer not wine This girl (laughs) he can't handle it he's like done with wine um, you
0: guys, just a couple of quick things. Check out our Patreon. We've got two full bonus episodes, seven or eight mini episodes. There's just so much awesome content on there.
1: For five Weasley dollars. Exactly. The Weasley family.
0: You guys, our outtakes this week were really long. <laughs> uh, we told a couple like short stories and stuff. So we're going to do our regular outtakes here. And then we're going to drop an extended outtake into the Patreon feed.
1: Uh, Jillian, where can they find us? At Obsessed. On the Twitter and truecrimeobsessed.com.
0: Where can they find you?
1: At Jillian with a G on all the things.
0: You can find me at Patrick Hines on Twitter, at Patrick Hines underscore on the Instagram. You guys, we're taking next week off, but when we come back, we're going to do Crazy Love. (gasps) Crazy, right? (laughs) This is one of the ones you guys have asked for a lot. We're so happy to do it. So, you guys stay tuned for the promo for Crazy Love and then our hilarious outtakes. And our palette cleanser this week is going to be Daisy's birthday song again. We love you. Bye. Bye.
11: I really couldn't believe that this could be happening. Everybody was screaming. Was I frightened to death? I was already dead.
10: I had
9: never seen
11: a girl as beautiful as her.
9: When I go, she was
11: always
5: beautiful. Her
11: skin was absolutely without a flaw. Bert was not a very good-looking man, but he was a lot of fun. Hi, how are you? Uh? He'd like to know me and meet me and see me and da da da. And I looked at him like he was a nut. I gave him my phone number just to get rid of him. So a day or two later, he said, Do "You want to go for a ride in my plane?" He is a lawyer. He owns a nightclub.
10: Sex was
9: important to me. He would ask every woman client, and she would either say
11: yes or no. He was too cheap to go to a motel. I remained a virgin. Back then, you were called a tease. He even made me do something which is so outrageous. Larry Schwartz was one of the guys. And he said to me, how would you like to go out tonight? Every girl who met him had a crush on him. That was the first time I ever saw Linda show love. Of course, that's what caused the breakup. I said, I just have no more patience with you. Get out of my face. He just flipped. He was always
1: either on the phone or in her hallway. A lot of creepy things.
9: He said, I will cancel the order
11: to kill you if you have dinner and sex with me. He said, if I can't have her, nobody will. I am now damaged merchandise. I was arrested. Total 30 years in prison. I felt it wasn't long enough. It hit the headlines like crazy. Was almost a little exciting for her. Ah! I love you. Bert was very sick. They started to give me shock treatment. Bert used to send me pages and pages of letters. And I proposed to her. Oh my god, this is even sicker. Nobody is as visibly insane as Bert and Bukash. Hey, listen, they say even Hitler had friends. They're difficult. They're screaming and yelling all the time. Burr, where's my coffee? A... If it's a joy or a punishment, I really don't know. fire.
10: Like a... mm-hmm.
11: Sensation. <speaking> do your wife know what you're doing all the time?
1: Sinus infections. This is super interesting for everybody. Like four or five times a year. Garbage. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's horrible. <laughs> so Mike and I have been like out out for the count. I don't
0: know why the garbage bell still gets me every time. You
1: know why? It's because it's become such an extension of me that I just like. It's just so easy now. Like what is Okie? What, right. what is it? Oaky, oaky, I get because I
0: love I love a crappy Okie Chardonnay. So mm. that's that's my that's oh, my that, jam. Oh, that
1: weird buttery aftertaste totally. Chardonnay. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, oaky? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't like things that are oaky. <laughs> <laughs> I know is that. favorite now. Episode we've ever done.
0: Do you know that I legit have a whistle register now that I didn't used to have? <laughs> I legitimately what? can go like this. I can summon that at any time. I used to not be able to do that. Hey, girl. That's because of this podcast. (laughs) Because if I didn't learn to laugh in an upper register, my head was just going to blow off my body. You mean
1: you didn't always live in that upper (laughs) register, girl? Oh, my God. (sighs) Okay.
0: And then you said that funny thing.
1: (laughs) What funny thing? I can't keep track. You guys can't see that hair flip I just did, but it was really good. (laughs) We're saying this as we're sipping on our ten dollar bottle <laughs> Chardonnay. of Chardonnay,
0: a big bottle of Chardonnay, by the way. We learned to call it a magnum in this movie,
1: right? Well, I've always knew it was a magnum. No. Oh,
0: okay. Well, look who's fancy now. So the-
1: you're being a little forward. <laughs> you're being a little oaky, and You're being a little forward.
0: They're like balls. They're so think fake. about that Amy Schumer gif that goes around the it's gif.
10: Gif. Uh- <laughs> On a cold day in March, you were six days old When you pulled up outside We didn't know what the future might hold When we saw you for the first time We waited so long just to see you Just how you waited to see us too Some families are big, but some are smaller We're so happy that you're our daughter You like ponies and climbing trees Let's have a bowl of macaroni and cheese Ride in the subway, you say for me It's your special day, so get crazy Happy birthday, Daisy Happy birthday, Daisy Through these four years You're growing older My, how the time has flown With Daddy, other Daddy Ally, and Grover We make the perfect home We waited so long Just to see you just how you waited to see us, too. Some families are big, but some are smaller. We're so happy that you're our daughter. You like ponies and climbing trees. Let's have a bowl of macaroni and cheese. Ride in the subway, you safety for me. It's your special day, so get crazy. Happy birthday, Daisy. Happy birthday, Daisy. Happy birthday, Daisy.